here we go. <clears throat> and we're live here on Facebook. And welcome to all you listening in podcast land. Rich, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Mike, and it's nice to have you back as um had to fly solo last week. Yeah. On the show and carry the show last week. Yeah, uh I I uh don't I know I actually don't apologize for that. Yeah, no no no. But by, by all means I I know I wasn't I wasn't insinuating that that i needed an apology because you, you had uh you had some very important uh yeah matters to attend to last week yeah my wife had our baby last week last a week ago a week and a half ago wednesday whatever day that was anyway um so we have a new baby so we've been uh doing that so i am sleepy haven't been able to watch a lot of sports. Uh, I've read what I can on apps when I, you know, when baby's sleeping, and other than when I'm sleeping, because Rich, when if slash when you guys ever have a baby, sleep when the baby sleeps. Rule number one: oh, yeah. as often as you can, sleep when the baby sleeps. Two-hour feedings are kicking my butt. I will admit that, but that's all right. We're gonna make it through, and uh, yeah. So, uh. On back to the show stuff because we got lots, we got stuff to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, um, we have our NASCAR corner. Going to start off going fast because I want to go fast, right, Rich? That's right, because the boys will be down in Talladega this week. Also, Talladega this week. Yep. Also, we're going to talk about baseball. And Rich, what else do we have uh, for the week? You know, we're going to talk about some NFL football with the NFL draft coming up next Thursday. Next Thursday. And uh, a holdover topic, as we had um, a holdover topic from last week with Jillian Edelman retiring and also talking about Alex Smith, the comeback player of the year, retiring as well. And then we have our, as always, our quick hits. Yep. All that and more. But first, I got to bring up the intro and then I can roll it. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Time to roll the intro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich. And we're back. Uh, so there's a couple other things in NFL that we have to talk about too, but those could be That's quick fine. Hits. We'll get there. Anyway, but first, we have a poll question before we get into sports topics. Rich, what were our sports to- movies this week? And uh, this, yeah, this week it was number three seeded Rocky Four versus number fourteen seed Waterboy. Ooh man, that's a tough. That is a tough one right there. It is. I don't it, know. It really was. Where, where did you go, Mike? Um, I didn't actually vote. Did I vote this week? I don't remember. Yes, I did I vote. Did. I did vote. Wow. Uh, it shows how much I've I've been paying attention this week. No, I had. Uh, I picked Waterboy. So so did I. I I went with the Waterboy as well. By all means, Rocky Four is the better movie, but. For me, when I'm watching the Rocky movies, I wa- I like to watch in chronological order. I don't like to pick it up right in the middle, and and just start watching watch a watch a single Rocky movie as a standalone. Or to me, so for yeah. me, I see it as a trilogy, and I don't like to pick up right in the middle. I mean, it's like even a, though the Rocky movies like do a great job of kind of recapping the previous movie before the next one officially really starts. Yep. Now, folks, this was an actually quite tight race with a vote of seven to six in favor of Rocky Four. Rocky Four moves on. We've been doing a pretty decent job in our rankings, at least as well as the NCAA did this year in their mm-hmm. rankings. So yeah. All right. So next week, um, which will the poll will probably go live here shortly when we get off here. 
we're going to see the number 11 seed Chariots of Fire, which came out of the Summer Olympic movies against the number six seed Talladega Knights Man, coming out of NASCAR. That is 100% perfect. Like, honestly, folks, we are not that talented that we actually planned it to, to be uh, NASCAR or Talladega Knights this week. Uh, I don't think we did unless you saw it. And okay, Rich, Rich is smart <laughs> enough. I, uh, yep. I obviously am not. Um, yeah, I, I think you had Talladega Nights coming a week later, but I, I, I switched the, the, the polls around so we would have Talladega Nights book ending before and after the Talladega Five Hundred. Speaking of, Rich, are you? Do you see what's coming ahead? Is it a left turn, Mike? It is a left turn, and do you see what's after that? Probably another one. Yep, because we're heading into the NASCAR corner, presented today by Triple I Sports Card Incorporated. Man, so uh, fantasy shout outs. How's it? How are we doing this year, Rich? Um, I uh, I didn't apparently didn't lose too much ground last week yes uh with richmond um i came out on top with 218 points uh tony got 212 uh solomon got 182 and mike you you still got a a 180 i don't even know if i had a lineup in last week i really did and you have bonus picks i think so you're you're fine well that works Um, you're still in third place mike as um but there's still a pretty big, a pretty big gap between you and I on the fantasy NASCAR. As I have sixteen seventy seven, and you have four nineteen. And uh, Tony is uh, only down by about twenty seven points to getting in the first place as well. So you mean fourteen nineteen, not four nineteen? Wow. Yeah, fourteen. Sorry. Okay. I'm not twelve hundred points back. I am. Uh, I am uh, less than that. So, so get in there. Your your numbers are getting better. Yeah. So, but, but this week, folks, we're gonna give you. Well, let's let's uh, go over what we did last week, and then we'll uh, get into what uh, to talk about this week. That's right. So we had the Toyota Owners Four Hundred down in Richmond. Alex Bowman won with a last lap pass of uh, my pick of Denny Hamlin. As uh, Denny Hamlin came in second, Mike, your pick of Kevin Harvick came in twenty fourth. But you still have a seven to two lead. Yeah. Yep. So Rich, um, good race. Good good job on you. You almost got your your bonus point there. Yeah, I, I was really hoping that Denny would hold on and get the get the win at his hometown track. Yeah, that bonus point would have helped you out quite a bit. But as it is you're making up some ground so that's always good to see and good to see competition so we had the virtual talladega uh did you watch it i did not um i did see that brad keselowski won the race though okay that's all i know about it and uh heading into this week's talladega we do have some stuff to talk about about it i do have some fantasy advice here's my fantasy advice for you folks don't pick your normal players If you have guys that you like to pick regularly, don't use them this week. Why? Because when everybody wrecks, you're going to be screwed. That's right. Do not. I I totally agree. Do not waste a pick. Uh, do Do not waste a race on your main competitive every week drivers. I would say that. With that being said, though. With that being said. The only exception that I'd make, though is maybe if you have a favorite driver and you have, and if you've only maybe, and if he's on like use eight, that would be the only really exception that I would make. If he's at seven, seven uses or less, keep him on the bench this week. Remember folks, these are guys that are in your starters, not your, your garage spot isn't affected, but also not your race winner. So, your race winner, all of those guys can you can use your normal guys for that. Those don't count as starts. Those are just picks uh, versus your starters, which those ones count against your starts. So okay, so Mike, fantasy lineup construction. 
who are some guys that you're looking at and maybe putting into your lineup this week? Um, you want to look at guys like J.J. Uh, Yaley, a guy that's that has some experience at, at super speedways, but, you know, not necessarily a guy you expect to win every week. Why? Because guys that guys that know how to how to use it how to race at a track um at this track in particular are going to be able to uh to do a much better job and have it everybody has a chance to win so look like look at guys like jj yaley um if you really um eric amarola might be somebody uh, that you don't use a lot but still somebody that would be good ross chastain again another one um Look towards those guys. Uh, also, your Michael McDowell's, uh, Bubba Wallace's, guys that you know are have the talent. They're just trying to fe- make it work with their uh, with their teams. The big thing with their teams is this week's teams uh, are going to be like this is when teams start to get in their stride of the NASCAR season. So look at, at some of those guys. Um, Rich, you, you joked that you expected me to pick him as a as a my winner, but uh, guys like Ryan Newman, he's another one. A little scary to see him running his uh, running at super speedways after that uh, terrible wreck he had last year. But uh, you know, it, it he's he's still here. He's still showing up. He's still working. So um, look look for some of those guys that that have the talent, have the that the team can put together a competitive car this week uh that that goes a lot long farther than uh, normally does yeah i'm gonna have to agree with you again mike um guys that i would probably add to your list would probably be like a tyler reddick tyler reddick yeah. um ricky stenhouse ricky sternhouse yep uh, and um and uh, Corey lajoy if you're looking to save save uses and you need somebody that runs pretty well at these drafting super super speedways is Corey LaJoy, I think even had a top 10 finish at Daytona this year. So uh, yeah. stack those pennies with Corey LaJoy this week. Yeah. So um, moving on from there, is there anything else NASCAR related that you want to go with? Oh, wait, we have um, to make we our We've got to give them more winners this week. Yeah. Okay. Rich, who you, you officially have honors. I know. First time pick? for a while. Um, I, I, this is, I have no idea who to pick for this race. In, in the in the grand scheme of things, they just need to finish higher than your pick if they win. Great. So I, I'm going to go go with uh, Alex Bowman. Okay, not a bad pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Okay. So Alex Bowman, Martin Truex Jr. were locked into those picks. So Mike, let's keep making left turns, but let's do it on the baseball diamond. But first, we got to leave the NASCAR corner okay heading over to the diamond um man uh few things coming out of the uh of the uh cubs to deal with but first let's look at our cubs weekend review the cubs went five and one between shows um and are now ten and five or ten and nine overall second in the division today they play uh, the, they play the Brewers today and tomorrow. In, in Chicago, uh, if they mm-hmm. win both those games, they would clinch first. Pl- they can clinch first place in the division for the time yes, being. Um, then they come up with the Braves again, and then the Reds for one uh, between now and next show. Rich, the bats have come alive, and uh, in big, big ways, don't you think? They really have, and it's been—it's not been the whole boom or bust, knocking the ball out of the park too. They've done yeah. great jobs of getting on base, manufacturing runs, and maybe putting some balls into the gap as well. So it's been encouraging that it's not all home runs, which is what we saw in their big win against Atlanta on Saturday. Yeah, with with just the ball flying out of Wrigley, and that's how they were putting runs on the board. So that was really encouraging to see as well. Yeah, it's week. it's good to see solid contact being made by the guys. Um, it, it's also good to see, uh, you know, I think this week has probably been the the most alive that that our batting has been in a few years. I mean, I'm not I'm not just talking this, in in this year. I'm talking 
most of last year, if not all of last year, and, and even some of uh, that would be 2019. Um, they look like they look like they can put stuff together. Um, a, a, a story that I had heard, and I, I didn't do as much research as I normally would, uh, but um, Mets ace uh, Max Scherzer, right? No, J- uh, Degrom. Sorry, Jason uh, Degrom had requested to be have his rotation spot moved in order not to play the Cubs because he thought they were too scary and they were going to hmm. get hot. He was right. Hate a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I I get all, I I kind of saw the Jacob Degrom moving back to maybe face a division rival, and the, that's the angle that I chose to see it at. Is, you know what? I, I want to start and I want to start against a division rival instead the, of the on the road. The story I saw has him quoted as as saying that the Cubs bats are some of what gave him some pause in uh, in doing it. I don't know. I mean, if anything, it, it could have saved him a loss. Yeah. As for whatever reason, the Mets just can't score runs when he's on the mound. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, why not? Honestly, it doesn't mean that that he. I mean, it doesn't mean they would have put up that many runs that day. Uh, baseball is not. Uh, nothing is set in stone. So if they uh, if they ran if if they were running against Jason Degrom, there's a good possibility. That he, uh, that he shuts them down. Mm-hmm. A good starter like that can shut down a team, even if they're hot. I'm That's happy right, that Dave. he didn't that he didn't get the start. More because I'm afraid that if he did get the start, that might have stifled our uh, our hot week, and we'd be looking at a team sub 500 right now. Yeah, or at least exactly. I mean, they came in hot against Milwaukee, and they stayed hot yeah. last yesterday. And if they stay hot today, and they could stay hot tomorrow, I, I mean, it it could go well for them. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of putting the cart before the horse, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you still. We, we I mean, I think you got to put together. You got to put together those moments. Baseball is about moments. You got to put together each moment in order to get to a a winning streak. You have to have a winning moment, and in that mm-hmm. moment, you have to do that again the next day, and the next day, and the next day before you before you can actually call yourself on a streak. I think three is the minimum for a streak. Yeah, in, in baseball, you got to get kind three. Of. And, and they had that against the Mets. I think everybody yeah. thought that, hey, that, that game against Atlanta when they won big, that was it. That was going to be the start of a winning streak. Yep. And then they come out flat on um, on Sunday Night Baseball and just got crushed. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that also leads into our next story. Javi Baez turned down a... 170 million 170 to 180 million dollar deal before the 2021 season was this a mistake rich uh i don't know if you got to cover this last week but what are your thoughts you know i based on how he's playing right now and looking at how well or how subpar that he did in 2020 during the shortened season i would say it was a mistake but coming off of how well that he did in 2018 and knowing that his free agent class would also include Francisco Lindor, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, and yeah, just those three guys Yeah. of knowing that, you know what, if those three guys are going to get paid big extensions, I want to get just as much money as they are. So I'm going to wait until one of them signs Do we have before a l- I even start thinking about an extension. Do we have a length of time for which this uh, contract was... was... I, I had I, not heard how many years it was either. That's the exact same thing I, I was saying. I have never I've never seen a length of time. If it was anything less than... 10 years I mean if it's 10 years eh, that's that's a little cheap when you average out the years right mm-hmm. it's 17 to 18 million a year 
I mean, I again, that cheap is relative when you're talking stuff, but in baseball, that's a relatively cheap player. Um, if it was, yeah. if it was five years, now we're talking real money. Mm-hmm. But the the Theo Epstein led front office did have a tendency to want to put out wanting wanting the talk extension with their younger players, but maybe getting them to take below market deals to keep the team together, to where maybe throw that you know what this is guaranteed money. Yeah, it might you could be signing a below market deal if you if you sign this now, but at least you're getting guaranteed money as you don't know what you'll make through arbitration or 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 through or waiting three four years before you hit free agency yeah um i was that's what they signed that's what that's what uh rizzo's contract was when they signed him in 15 to a long-term deal yeah we'll see how this goes um i personally am not sure that uh Javi's the guy I think we need to keep. I've been saying that for a while. Javi and Contreras are the two. Um, I think everybody else is expendable. Blow the rest up. We got to make that deal with Javi work. We still got it, what, another year, year and a half, or year or two on that contract, right? He's a free agent at the end of this year. Oh, I thought he, oh, okay. Yeah, no, you got to make Javi's deal work. You got to do that. You also got to make... you got to make Wilson's deal work. Those are the two yeah. you have to make yeah, work. Contreras, was, you have two years on. Contreras, you still have okay. this year and then one more arbitration year before you got to decide what how to uh, how to work out his deal. For me, it's still Anthony Rizzo. For me, just being a clubhouse glue guy, even though he's a little bit older than than Javi. And the more I've been listening to the Cubs broadcast, I'm really starting to come around that KB's the guy you, you might want to do it, mostly because of how much positional versatility he has. Of he's not just tied to one position, like Javi and Rizzo are, as you could put him out in left field, right field, do you third think base, and third and first. You're telling me you don't it. think uh, Javi could go out and play uh, the field? We just keep I, him... I know that I, I know that when he previously came up that he could easily slide over because he came up when he was on the World Series team he played second base yeah and he filled in at third base occasionally yeah when you needed to put Bryant somewhere else I mean he, but... he is such a good shortstop again we talk about guys like the keys are guys that are changing the game Javi Baez changes the game at shortstop yes or no he does okay if you have a guy that changes the way the rest of everybody else on the field plays, don't you think that's a guy you should keep? Yes. By the but, way, doesn't Wilson Contreras also do the same thing? He does. Okay. But the difference between Contreras and Baez is while their replacements down in the minors aren't up to that caliber of player yet, the Cubs do have two in-house replacements for those two players in Nico Horner and Miguel Amaya. Okay, is if anybody you have to let both of those guys walk or trade them to, to replenish the farm? Let's discuss this for real. Is anybody really able to replace Javi Baez? In the field, no, but okay. at the plate, maybe. As a different type of hitter, not as a not as a power hitter, premier hitting shortstop. But as a guy so that you're saying, could have you're, this other ways. So yes. you're saying small ball guys come in and replace long ball boys. Yep. Which, you know, I'm not. And you spend I'm that not money a, elsewhere on your roster to maybe get that long ball that. guy to replace him. But you're talking about a guy that truly is the definition of a gold glover. Yeah. Should win it every year. His defensive prowess is better than anyone I've seen in most of my life. Tell me somebody better defensively than Javi Baez at shortstop. Not right now. I'll wait. Especially not right now. As much as I didn't like him, maybe the wizard, Ozzy Smith. Maybe, maybe. But outside of that, you really don't have that many people that can 
that can step in and take that shortstop position and play it in a way that that Javi has and will and it, it defensively continues to play. That's that's the key. So those are where those are the things we have to do. Those are the things we have to look at. So uh, not not willing to um, to to discuss much different, but that a hundred percent is where we have to be on that. Is Javi? I I think you can you can disagree, uh, but um, and I've heard that uh, Rizzo got an offer very similar. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did. I think they were engaging in contract talks with him this season to where and he, he thought he was worth more and didn't want to take a second below market deal like he did when he came up in 2015, that he signed in 2015. He thinks that the team owes it to him and is, is Jeff to pay a market, market level or a little bit more since he took that hometown discount the last the last time around. Is Je- did Jeb Hoyer think he was going to get a discount because he got a discount already? Yeah. And that's th- that was a mistake. Um, I think he deserves every bit of what he's getting and and should get more. He is, I would say he's underpaid. Maybe not in his performance currently, but in his entire career he is underpaid so far uh we'll see how that goes this next contract um rich we are today will mark our basically one third point or one eighth point in the season okay 20 games in are you panicked is it time to blow everything up not yet are we gonna see not yet what what are we gonna see at the trade deadline if I'm I'm going to ask you right now just your opinion what are we if 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 we continue on the trajectory not necessarily of the last few days but of the entire past 19 games 20 games including today let's say they win sure we'll give them a win if they continue the trajectory of the last 20 games and the division looks the way that it does what do we do at the trade deadline well, Mike, it, if they're in first place, but they only have maybe because because let's say let if they win today, assuming that they win today, yep. which hopefully they which hopefully they do. Yep. Um, that puts them in a tie for first place. If they sweep yeah. the Brewers, then they take a one game lead. Okay. I think if the if they lead the division by that slim of a margin, I think the Cubs are taking some calls on some players. Okay. Because. Maybe not a full-scale, like, wave the white flag. This team isn't good enough to get out of the first round of the playoffs, so we're going to trade everybody that we can. But I think that they would make smart moves. Okay. To where maybe that smart move is trading away Chris Bryant and then giving the third-base job to David Bodie, trading mm-hmm. off some of the bullpen arms that are that are being productive because you everybody needs a bullpen arm Yeah. That that you can easily replace with a – with a bringing a guy up from the minors. Yep. But it's what position? I think what are we looking to get? Are we get? Yeah. What are we adding? Are we just adding prospects and trade or and and I, and, uh, and and uh, draft pos- I, picks? Yeah. I I think if they are gonna wave the have a wave the white flag sale, it's gonna be future assets or guys that can be long-term fixtures with the team or lottery tickets to where yeah. maybe guys in double a or just on the crusp of getting the triple a to replenish the farm i don't think that you're gonna see guys traded that could play in the major leagues right away okay here's some here's some i mean would cubs fans accept that that's that's a loaded question we can get to that later if you want but if we are talking about trades, is there anybody they can trade off and get potential building blocks for this year and maybe even the next few years that is potentially big enough to play this year? I don't know. 
Okay. I I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. It, what positions do you think they can, I'll say, improve on this year? If they were looking to add at the trade deadline and not subtract, right now I'd say a guy that can play play the outfield. Okay. Jock Patters, Jock Peterson left his bat down in Arizona and yeah, has 100%. been a major disappointment. So I'd say if you can find a guy that And it doesn't matter can, if it's lefties or righties that he's been hitting against. He has sucked thoroughly this year. Exactly. I mean, I think I joked with uh, well, joked with my wife, Amy, that they put him on the uh, DL list for a wrist contru- contrusion, I think it was. It's like, no, they put him on the DL because he's not hitting. <laughs> no, he's totally he's not hitting. And he deserves to be, I mean, he he forgot how to swing a bat. Memory loss is what his, his problem is. Yeah, so so I'd say if you could find a guy that can play center or, le- center or left, okay. whether that's a platoon bat or a guy that you can plug and play and put into that lineup, great. And um, it's, it's sad because Jock was... Fetcher. Maybe oh, catcher. Really? So, so you have a better, so you have a good backup for Wilson Contreras. Maybe a guy yeah. that if you choose to trade Contreras next offseason can still be with the team. Yeah, I would say that's probably a better, you're, you're right. We need a, we need a solid backup. Um, we don't need a, a AAA guy that's just there. AAA guys are great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, to get to AAA takes way more skill than, Rich or I have at pretty much anything we do. Uh, Rich and I have some some great skills, but to get to AAA takes a lot. And uh, and so, yeah, I, a AAA guy playing in the majors though that's that's a whole different game. And yeah, I mean Romine Romine and Walters really haven't been impressed me that much when they've had to sub in and they've benched and they uh, chose to give uh, Contreras a day off. So I'd say definitely a good hitting backup catcher would be be good and if he has uh, flexibility to play first base when needed yeah even better yeah um okay i like that um i think and of course the bullpen you can never have enough bullpen arms especially when you're talking cubs bullpen because can you ever trust a cubs bullpen I i can think of once in my lifetime i could trust people in the cubs bullpen and you know what they did? They won us a World Series. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the only time I, mean, I can think of in my lifetime I've been able to trust a Cubs bullpen. But, uh, yeah. Um, is the starting rotation good enough? <sighs> do you go far enough in the playoffs? Arietta has done a lot better than I thought he was going to do. I think he's impressing people. Are you? What are your thoughts on him? He's done well. He's done really well. He's doing a lot better than John Lester. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Good on the Cubs for realizing that uh, Lester's days are, are behind. His best days are behind him and not forcing a deal with him out of um, nostalgia or or good faith of giving him a contract because of his past performance. Um, here's another one for you. And I'm going to call out. I mean, I guess not call out, but how about. How about naysayers of Jed Hoyer who said, well, letting uh, uh, letting uh, Schwarber go was the biggest mistake they've ever made. He's a failure. He's a putz, blah, blah, blah. Here's the deal, folks. Sometimes guys get hot. Give it a full year before you make that call. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I will say the same thing about John Lester. Give it a full year. Let Arietta prove himself. Let Lester prove himself that he did he he was a failure that that they thought he was. Don't don't buy stock in the middle of a run. You don't buy stock in the middle of an upswing, and you don't buy in the middle of a downswing. You wait to the bottom or you wait to the top. That's that's what yeah. you do, folks. I mean, if you're comparing how well Peterson and Schwarber are doing, then you could probably have that talk of well, they made the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah, but it's still early. Peterson could maybe the wrist problem is worse than we think it is, and he gets himself figured out. And David Ross and the and the coaching staff figure out. All right, 
maybe this guy doesn't deserve to play every day and they start platooning him. Yeah. And maybe that's what clicks and works for him. Works for the team and it and it goes. At least if and, anything and maybe not Peterson's playing, a little better than Schwarber in the outfield. Maybe not playing against lefties was the break his body needed to be what he was. Because he I mean, not being allowed to play against lefties, he set out two or three games a week, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting out two or three games a week, that's extra rest. Maybe that's what his body needs. Jock, I know you want to pay, be an everyday guy, but maybe maybe you're just a righty guy. Maybe that's all you're going to... That's that's your body... That's where your body's at. That's okay. We just need somebody that can platoon with him that uh, can take those lefty days. And... Uh, I don't see many guys. I mean, you know, I don't see it. I don't see anybody that great right now. Okay, Rich, anything else with the major leagues before we head on to the gridiron? Not really. So let's go ahead and go over to the gridiron. Uh, We'll go ahead and save the draft for the back end of our talk. So the holdover topic from last week that I kept on the outline, because I wanted to get your opinion, Mike, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Ooh, that's a rough one. Um, if we go by standard metrics of how many rings does he have, how many yard, how was his yardage, blah blah blah. Yeah, probably. But here's the problem: he was in a system with the greatest quarterback we have ever seen. Right? Yes. When you have it, that's like saying, "Is." Is the backup, uh, is the backup shortstop, or is the backup, uh, the backup quarterback? If they kept one backup quarterback his whole career, he would have just as many rings, right? Maybe. If, if Jimmy G was in. Uh, in New England the entire time Julian Edelman was in New England. Would Jimmy G have as many rings as Julian Edelman? Oh, oh, that way. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy G would still have the same amount of rings. Right. Okay. The rings, I that's one of the reasons why I hate the rings discussion. Everybody on the team gets a ring. Whether you put performance up or not. So I, I don't, I discount rings. It doesn't mean I don't think Tom Brady's the gr- the greatest quarterback we've seen in our lifetime. I'm saying it, folks. I've said it multiple times. I was wrong. But Julian Edelman, how was his performance last year? He was injured a lot last year. Right. Okay. He had health issues and throughout he, his career as he's well. always had health issues, which puts him... That, to me, gives you a little bit of a questionable whether or not you deserve Hall of Fame status. I'm not saying if you get injured, you can't be a Hall of Famer. I'm saying if you have a pattern of injury. I don't believe that there's guys called... I don't I don't generally think of injury proneness, but I think if you have a pattern of injury, either you're letting little things get to you and you're sitting out because of it, that guys who, quite frankly, don't have that luxury don't do, so they play every game. Or two, and this is the bigger thing, you just don't condition well. You're not taking care of your body in a way. Those are the two reasons I think that you have a pattern of injury, and if that's the case, what's that say about you, Rich? It says you're not a Hall of Famer. For me, at least. Um, yeah, and I agree. I, I took into effect his longevity. Yeah. Yeah, he played a lot of seasons, but there were a lot of partial seasons because yeah. he had concussion problems or just general nicks and bruises that prevented him from being 100%. Now that's... Yes, he was a clutch player, and the Patriots might probably wouldn't have won those Super Bowls without his clutch performances, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. A Patriot Hall of Famer, yes, but not an NFL Hall of Famer. Okay, so that's that's that side of it. Now, 
I'm that's my statement on whether or not I would vote for him in the, to get in the Hall of Fame. Now I'm going to tell you one thing, Rich. What's that? He's going to get in the Hall of Fame. You think so? I I have no doubt. Look at the way the voters vote generally when it comes to guys like this. Especially on a dynasty that is the Patriots. He'll make it easily in the first couple of years. I have All right. You know, I, I can give that to you because unlike baseball, unlike baseball, stats don't don't always tell the entire story with football and it's really kind of is hard to predict um football football hall of fame credentials so yeah i i could see i could still see him going to the hall of fame but in my opinion i would say no he's not a hall of famer yeah um and and that's i mean i i agree with you on that one um but man does he i do i think he makes a compelling argument yes but do i think he deserves it no Okay. So, all okay. right. So another player that uh, retired this this week was Alex Smith. Yeah. Eight, eight, 16 seasons in the NFL. Um, Man. He decided to hang it up. Does it feel like 16 years? It really doesn't. I mean, this being... week has felt like 16 years, but, <laughs> you know. It, it really doesn't. I mean, I kind of saw Alex Smith being a guy that could easily go in and be kind of like a bridge quarterback. Um, but, you know, he's been through a lot. And oh, I yeah. I blame for deciding to retire if he couldn't be at least go into the into the offseason being told that, you know what, you're going to compete for the starting job. Because any offer he was going to get was probably going to be as a good backup or a mentor quarterback. Yeah. Maybe I, with his stage in his life, with the age of his kids, and the what he went through in rehabbing to be able to be a starting quarterback last year, as almost as an emergency for the football team, he didn't want to be that guy. He didn't want to be away from his family just to be a backup quarterback. The other thing about it, and this is uh, just – an interest. I mean, I, I, a point that I heard, and I don't remember when I heard it, but it is more important that you're able to run around with your kids in the backyard mm-hmm. than it's worth running around on a field with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. I don't care if you're talking about going to a hall of, I don't care if, if uh, new England says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to back a dump truck full of money out on you come play with us that's no it is weird though to think 16 years rich we you and i have the concept of balls and six to podcast has been a thing longer than his his career in our early in, in our early to your early 20s my late teens we, that's when we started going to games together, right? I think we were both in our 20s, but okay. okay. But still, that's 16 years ago. I was 20 16 years ago. So we were going to, to Cubs games doing this show. And it's been as long as Alex Smith has been in the NFL. How, what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? Wow. Yeah. I did not think of it that way. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, yeah, it's, to me, a little crazy. But, man, but I still, again, I still think of, of Alex Smith as this guy that's, I mean, part of it's his journeyman type. Like, he's been six or seven different teams, right? Okay, so so he was he started in San Fran, got traded to Kansas City, and then went to Washington. So about three teams. Oh, he's only been three. on three. Okay. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it came down to he lost his starting job due to bad luck. 
due, due to bad luck. I mean, he, he, he got injured. Colin Kaepernick came in and led the team to a Super Bowl. That led him to be traded to Kansas City, where he had some good years in Kansas City, but then they drafted a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And he mentored Patrick Mahomes for a year, lost the starting job, and then went to Washington, where the injury bug hit him again. And the team, I think, I think the team kind of disrespected him by kind of writing him off and only playing him because they had no other choice last year. Rich, how old do you think Alex Smith is? I'm going to say that he's younger than... I think he's younger than me, so I'm going to say 36. He is 36 exactly. Turns 37 <laughs> May 7th. So yeah. he's got a birthday coming up. Uh, hey, he's not doing anything. We should see if we can get him on the show. <laughs> It'll be the day after his birthday. Let's see if we can get him on the show. Um, no, I just, man, uh, to think... Um, I remember his draft class. Like it's we're at that point where you and I are starting to remember some of these guys that I I don't want to say they're the greats of the season or anything, but they're guys that, that are in the top half and have been most of their career of quarterbacks are starting to retire that are around our age. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, did he, did he live up to the potential of being a number one overall pick? No, but you know what? He still had a successful and long NFL career, and that's yeah, that's sixteen years in the league at a, and he had a couple of Pro Bowl seasons. That's that's real, a lot more and, than a lot of guys can say. And I would say he had real Pro Bowl seasons. He also had appearances in Super Bowls. Super Bowl. I think he was on the 49er team, but he did not get to appear in the game. Oh, I thought he did. Okay. Okay. My bad. He was injured that year. Oh, yeah. That's right. Every year. Again, um, I mean, I I think it's fairly easy to say not a Hall of Famer in the traditional sense, but a guy that that, that has an intriguing enough story overall his his entire career and especially the last two years mm-hmm. that i think this the compelling story makes him a hall of very good but with the story a hall of famer okay i don't think he's i don't think talent or skills wise he's a hall of famer i think his story bre- presents itself in such a way that he but he does he probably makes it in as a hall of famer So, Rich, the NFL owners have okayed some rule changes for 2021. You want to let the people know what they are? Sure. Um, So first we're going to, they approved a relaxation of rules for the numbers that players of certain position groups can wear because of extended practice squads. Okay. So we won't go into the breakdown of what individual numbers each position group now is available to them um, because we want to keep the show moving. The second one was an approved one-year experiment in an attempt to make it easier to recover onside kicks, allowing more people within that 25 yards of the ball. Okay. They eliminated overtime for preseason games. Not a big deal, but you know what? It's preseason. Why do you need to play in overtime just to get a winner? Yeah. And they changed a rule that will now force a loss of downs if two passes are completed behind the line of scrimmage. Huh. Yes. And the next one was they approved a rule change that ensures the enforcement of all accepted penalties during successive try attempts defined by an opportunity of the team to score one or more additional points during one scrimmage down. So you can't have two consecutive maybe offsides penalties or false starts just to delay a down or keep the game or delay a game. Okay. I would call that the Bill Belichick rule. <clears throat> the Bill Belichick yeah. rule. And I mean, how many rules could you name after him that they've uh, had to add because of it? 
Yeah. Um, and then I heard something about replay. Yes, I, I believe the replay official will have more control. Well, they're, 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 you're not going to see a sky judge, but at least the replay official up in the booth will be able to give more official advice to the on-field guys or the on-field referees can request his help on questionable calls. And I guess they are also going to include taunting among its points of emphasis in 2021. So you're probably not, they kind of want to maybe decrease the amount of times where a guy is maybe after a defensive lineman or a guy gets a big hit, he stands over him like a, flexes his muscles and everything or the Tyreek Kill flashing of peace signs as he's running behind you in for the touchdown. Dumb. Yeah, I, I don't like the taunting either. It brings... I think taunting is the only time taunting shouldn't be allowed in the NFL is if you broke a guy's neck. Okay, I'll bring it back a little bit. If you injured a guy bad enough that he has to co- that he's got to come out of the game. You shouldn't be allowed to taunt. But taunting is... It's sportsmanship. What's wrong with saying, I'm better than you? I care... I I, I did this better than your team. That's, that's basically what taunting is, right? Mm-hmm. I am better than you. I am better... That's what you're saying. The whole game is designed around who's better. You, this guy, or that guy. And so to say you can't taunt, that's dumb to me. I hate it. Yeah, it kind of brings back the, like the. Are we going to, yeah. The, are we, are the we, no fun league. Yeah. Like why? I mean. Are we going to start seeing. Be seen as just too much of a objective. Yeah. By, by the officials. You know, it takes the fun out of the game. Yep. Let them. I mean, I don't. I don't think I we mean, should see anything obscene. But let them, let the let them be like deuces, or let them be like, uh. I mean, they they, ah, uh, I I don't like this. I don't yeah. like taunting. I don't like taunting being a, a rule against against this stuff. But whatever. Yeah. So I I was surprised by one of these rule changes of one of the. There's an outspoken opponent of one of these rule changes though. Yeah. Tom Brady has come out and said, we are going to see bad football because of all these number changes. Yeah. Are, are you telling me that you, you know how to read your defense based off of number, the number range that a player normally wears to where if you see a defensive lineman lined up wearing an op, wearing a number that's usually goes to an offensive player that that's going to confuse you so much to say, we're going to see bad football next year. This is going to cause more problems than you think. I think the bigger problem, I think that is part of it. I think the bigger problem, though, is uh, how do you determine who's an eligible player? No longer does the number on your chest determine your eligibility. It's now about where you line up or you saying, I'm eligible. That's all it is. There is nothing that says, there is nothing that really claims who's an eligible player if everybody's wearing single digits or the the team numbers. So the defenses are going to have a harder time, right? And if the defensive if the defenses have a harder time, isn't it potential that the offenses could have a harder time? I don't think the defenses will have a harder time. I mean, the only player that come that you see as where you get that official announcement is number so and so has been declared as an eligible receiver, yep. is an offensive lineman, and an offensive lineman is not being impacted by these number changes. Uh, I'm where pretty, I think I'm pretty sure it said offensive lineman can wear single digits. All right, so the breakdown was running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defensive backs, and linebackers can now all wear single digits if they choose but it does not it does not change the number combinations for defensive linemen or offensive linemen 
Okay. So you, you so you could have linebackers wearing numbers that traditionally would have gone to like a quarterback or a running back or a wide receiver now. Mm, so see. is Tom Brady thinking that seeing a linebacker playing in a single digit number is going to affect how he performs on offense? Hey, I Tom Brady, so. Tom Brady can't remember what down it is. One time, Mike, but yeah, it happened one time. Can't remember what t- what down it is. How's he going to remember who's on his team? How's no, he going to remember I, I he's not the quarterback? How's he going to remember that he's a quarterback? The other, that guy's got a quarterback number on. He must be the quarterback. <laughs> is that what he's afraid of? Come on now. No, I'm a, I'm with you on this one, Rich. I really yeah. Am. I, I I don't I don't get this one. I I would have thought this one. All right, whatever. If you want to change your number to what you wore in college or high school, great. Um, but it, it there is a determinant to changing your uniform number though, as the NFL will make you buy out the nationwide supply of that jersey to take them out of circulation to put in your new one into circulation. That's dumb. Yeah, I think it was Dalvin Cook. It's gone pop. The one example is Dalvin Cook talked about changing his number to what he wore at Florida State. But when he found out it would cost him $1.5 million to change his number this year without giving formal notice of one season, he chose, nope, that, that price is too high. I'm not going to change my number. Wow. Yeah, that's that's dumb. I don't like it. I like that yeah. rule even less. Okay, um, so real quick, uh, NFL draft. Um, let's give our yearly prediction. How many quarterbacks will go in the top ten, Rich? I think all ten of them are going to go in the top ten. I don't think any, you of, them, think any of the top quarterbacks are going to slip out of the top okay, ten. Okay, so you th- no, you don't. You're not saying. So you're saying, what's the number of quarterbacks you think it's going to be? Five. Five quarterbacks. Okay. Um, ooh. Do you see Mac Jones, Trevor Fields? You know, let's let's start here. You know Lawrence and Wilson aren't going to slip out of the top five. Correct. They've been almost locked in as the number one and two picks. Yes. So do you see Mac Jones, Fields, or Trey Lance dropping out of the top ten? Depends on trades. But again, if you're trading up, you're the only reason you're trading up is to get one of those guys. Oh, yeah, I think five's a good number. Um, just to be contrarian, I'm going to say one guy drops out. One guy drops out. One guy drops out. We're going to see four. I'm going to go with four this year. Most years I go with the over, and you go with the under. This year I'm going with the under. You're going with the push, I believe. Yeah. Okay, Mike. When will the first offensive lineman be drafted? Okay, I gotta go through my mock my my own mock track that I've never written down, but I've thought of. <laughs> six. So six to Miami. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go with five to the Bengals. I think the ah, I forgot teams... the Bengals had that five pick. <laughs> Damn it! Pardon my language, people. Yeah, dang the, it, Rich. The only, the only thing that kind of complicates is, as I think, that the Bengals should go offensive lineman. No, they're going to go receiver. There's a lot of buzz out there that they'll go with Pets out of Florida, the tight end, yeah, tight end wide receiver hybrid, or yes. Michael, or Chase. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm right. I'm going to be right because it's going to be Miami. They, they're going to – yeah, it's going to be Miami. It's going to be Miami. I'm, I'm still solid with that because the Bengals okay. are going to gonna get uh, a tight end or wide receiver. Uh, first pick for a tight end or wide receiver, Rich? Well, I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. Okay. Of the Florida tight end, yep. I think. Hmm. Even though there are other needs, I think Atlanta takes him at four. Oh, you think he goes that high? Wow. Um, I was going to say five. 
I, I'm going to stick with five. Okay. Five. I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta does other things. Arthur Blank is a lot smarter than we give him credit for sometimes. Yeah, but this is the same team that took Calvin Ridley, even though they already had Julio Jones and other weapons. I think they're going to double down on that offense and keep Matt give, keep giving Matt Ryan weapons, thinking so he can that they prove can outscore their opponent. Okay, um, first defensive player taken off the board. Is that who is it or what position? Is that uh... we'll we'll go with what. Which team takes the okay. first defensive player? Okay. Um, I kind of got to look at a, a draft order real quick myself for this one. Man. Okay, let's see. I think four. That's their biggest need is defense. Falcons. Okay, the Falcons going offense. Okay, the, going defense. The only position that they need not to be that they don't have on the offense. I guess they have two. They need a guard and they need a running back, right? Hmm. I think they go defensive early. Um, yeah, I, I think you go defense. Um. Yeah, I think well, you trade down for that, though. Okay, I'm gonna go to. with. Well, it's tempting to say the Dallas Cowboys. I I think Jerry's too unpredictable to do the sensible thing and go defense. So, I think I'm gonna go with the Denver Broncos taking the first defensive player off the board at number nine. Okay. You don't think there's going to be a quarterback that drops down that far. Okay. I, I don't think so. Okay. I like it. I don't think it's a bad – I don't think it's bad. Um, we've already done the top, and then what are the Bears going to do, Rich? Well, what they should do and what they're going to do are two totally different things. Okay. What do you think I, they should do at number 20 in this year's draft? Offensive Offensive tackle shore up that offensive line so you don't think uh, you think that I mean I agree I think offensive tackle I don't think there's any way you, you argue anything in the offensive line I think you, you yeah anything in the offensive line yeah what do you think are the team's other positional needs going into the draft besides offense besides offensive line for the bears yeah i'm still gonna say quarterback okay because you trust andy dalton and how long can you trust andy dalton that's my big thing um and we don't we don't have any i mean what's our wide receiver core look like Allen Robinson and Daryl Mooney. Yeah. Guys. That... So, yeah, I, I, I can agree with the wide receiver. So and you're probably a cornerback, a long-term answer at cornerback. So as you, you let don't Kyle think, Fuller go. You don't think a quarterback is in their needs. I think that it is, but with this current front office and head coaching staff being on the hot seat, that's why I would not want to see them mortgage the future to trade up and to maybe get get a guy like Fields or Lance or Jones that could slide outside of that top 10. Yep. Because then you're in the same situation that you were in with Trubisky when you hired Matt Nagy. It's you're interviewing the coach and saying, all right, what can you do to fix this guy and make him work? Because our last head coaching staff said that this guy, he was the guy. Um, so if you don't have long-term stability in the front office and head coach, I would say no to a quarterback. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, okay, we got to get moving because it's uh, about feeding time again. Uh, so That's right. So get, our... to, get to feeding my daughter. Um, so real quick, a uh, couple of quick hits. Uh, I'll give one that you don't have. Um, former NFL linebacker Geno Hayes has entered hospice on severe liver disease. 
Okay. 33 years old. Wow. Yep. And uh, my quick hit is Steve Mongo McMichael, diagnosed with ALS about three months ago, but he finally went public with it this week. Health is rapidly deteriorating to the point that he can no longer move his arms and legs. Wow. Sad to see. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer, but definitely an all-time Bears legend and a guy I actually had a chance to meet once at his uh, restaurant in the Chicagoland area, Mongo McMichaels. So great, great guy. It's, I mean, seeing what he looks like now and remembering what he looked like when I saw him maybe six or seven years ago, it's a big difference. Yeah. Big difference. Okay, real quick, we have some shout-outs, uh, comment shout-outs. Sue Hart says, wake up, Michael. I don't, I don't blame her. <laughs> um, and then uh, some unrecognizable stuff with some winky faces and other stuff sent from my nephew. So Okay. That's when you look at the, if you ever get over to look at the comments, it's a bunch of jibber jabber that has nothing to do with that. With that, Rich, you know what it's time for? It's time to roll that outro. Okay, folks. Uh, if you, if you are listening to us and you want to see us, check us out at facebook.com slash ball the six. It's the link is in the description. If you are watching us on facebook.com, Rich, where can they find us? You can find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. We if you will. want to take us on the road with you and listen to us outside of Facebook Live at a time of your choosing. Okay. We will see you next week. Same rough time, same rough channel. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa. This is Bald and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich.